Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. Hope all is well as we continue through this quarantine COVID effort. Uh, big day tomorrow in the SBA market uh, with respect to the SBA loans, the $350 billion allocation from the $2 trillion uh, bailout program, as I like to call it. So the first tranche of the $350 billion gets processed by the banks tomorrow. That's going to be fascinating to see how the banks do. You know, the, the, the banks have to go out and hire people to help process this effort. So I suspect as uh, you know, sort of each tranche of the $350 billion rolls through, as each installment gets processed, the banks are going to get better at it. It's going to be a bit of a learning curve. But that sort of kicks off tomorrow on Friday. Um, I wanted to talk about an article that we have coming out tomorrow morning at Tech Today, uh, entitled Enterprise Software 2020 Outlook. And it, it's really around how I think the, the, the market's going to shape up, right, is, is what I wanted to talk about, how the market's going to shape up and shake out over the course of 2020. So in the article, you know, our takeaway is rotate to quality names if you already haven't done so. And I'm working off of the assumption that Maybe you can keep 5% of your portfolio in cash, but you probably have a, a, an institutional investor mandate where you have to stay fully invested. So if you already haven't, rotate into quality names. We talk about specific names, and, and we focus our effort on sort of the area that I operated in as an investor and operated in as a uh, M&A executive. And, and that's broadly defined within the broadly defined enterprise software umbrella information services, financial technology, capital markets, fintech, payments, uh, tech-enabled services, you name it. So some of the names that you've heard us talk about in the past, like SS&C Technologies, FactSet, Verisk, IHS Market, CoStar Group, uh, sort of the usual suspects that we've, we've written about and talked about uh, here at Tech Today. But in terms of how the market's going to shake out, I think it's going to look a lot like 2008. If you recall the 2008, 2009, 2009 financial crisis, where it really took two years to kind of work through it, I, I, I don't yet want to talk about 2021. I think it's premature. I don't know that this COVID pandemic is going to have uh, sort of the extended recovery period in terms of the operating metrics for these companies that we saw in 2008, 2009. But I think I have a pretty good idea as to how 2020 is going to shake out. So I, I, I think you know we've already had a down leg in the market where everything's just sort of traded down. Some names got punished more than others. Names with debt on the balance sheet like SS&C got hit harder than uh, names that, that weren't carrying debt. So I, I think you know coming up in a couple of weeks, Q1 earnings reports, um, I, I don't expect the enterprise software guys to pull guidance like you saw Broadcom do, as an example. That these companies just have far more visibility into their model. You know, bookings activity is going to drop off, but in terms of recognized revenue, earnings, you know, you're, you're really looking at in the rearview mirror in terms of those reported numbers because it's based on bookings activity in quarters past. So I think these companies will be able to provide guidance. They're likely to provide a baseline level of guidance because they're not going to have great visibility into bookings. Uh, you know, as we've said in the past, we, bookings activity, we think, will have dropped precipitously for most companies. It's just tough to get deals done, particularly larger deals, in an environment like this when people are working from home, 
uh, international travel is prohibited. Uh, all, all travel is just difficult. So you're not going to be able to sign large deals, right? 100,000, 250,000, a million, two million. You've got to do those deals in person to get them to signature date. You know, it's, it's more than a phone call and an email. So uh, large deal visibility is going to be basically nil. Bookings activity is going to be uh, greatly impaired. So we would expect most companies to provide a, a, a baseline outlook, whether it be for uh, the, the, the Q2 outlook or for the full calendar year to the extent that companies uh, provide full calendar year outlook. If, if companies, if you're thinking of a particular company, and that company typically provides a full calendar year outlook to the extent that that company is a software company, I would expect them to continue to do so. It's just they may pull it back vis-a-vis uh, -vis where they initially guided to um, back in back in January, early Feb, coming off of the December quarter call. You may you may see a, a, a baseline number provided for top line and, and, and bottom line. So I think in in April what you're going to see is a bit of market panic. Numbers will be reported. You'll see the the soft outlook. And I think the businesses will have held in reasonably well. It's just uncertainty breeds fear. And so you're going to see a down leg as these companies start to report in the second half of April. I think June could look very similar to June quarter because we're already into April. Uh, most schools and, and businesses and so forth and travel restrictions are continuing right through the month of April, maybe potentially into into May, so the June quarter is going to be impaired from a, a, a bookings standpoint. So that's going to breed uncertainty. I don't know how much incremental uncertainty, vis-a-vis -vis the the March quarter. I, I would expect companies to bake the conservatism right into their full year outlook. But in July, uh, you know, the, the June quarter calls in July, the fact that we may not get much in the way of positive inf information is bound to, to breed more uncertainty. So I just think it's a squishy market in terms of the outlook, at least through the bottom part of the year. Then we get into the September quarter. And on the September quarter calls in October, you would hope that companies talk about some signs of life that may occur from a, a, a booking standpoint post Labor Day, because remember most of Europe is going to is, is asleep in June, July, August, or vacation holidays. So I, th I think the the first time you'll get data points unencumbered by noise is going to be post Labor Day and unencumbered by noise. What I mean by that is, you know, to the extent of softness, how much of it is COVID related? Hopefully we're beyond it by then. How much of it is summer holiday related, particularly as it relates to sales activity in, in Western Europe. And so hopefully COVID is behind us and the holiday, the summer holiday will be behind us by the time we get to to Labor Day. So what kind of what kind of sales activity data points do we see in the month of 
September and early October, right up until the earnings period. And my best guess, not knowing exactly what's going to happen with COVID, is that it's going to be uh, calendar Q4 before we get an abundance of data points with COVID in the rearview mirror and, and holidays in the rearview mirror. And I would suspect that we start to see a return to normalcy, but not normalcy in terms of sales activity, bookings activity. Right? It's going to be people getting back into the swing of things. It's going to be, I would suspect that to the extent CEOs and CFOs learn lessons during this COVID period, I don't know that we ever return to how things were. Uh, for example, I've been quite surprised at uh, the number of companies and employees that have not had the experience from working, uh, have not had the remote working experience. In other words, I'm surprised at the number of people that have spent most of their uh, career working behind a desk on a desktop. So you would expect that some companies are going to sort of re-engineer the workforce post-COVID. And so you could have uh, some of those operating efficiency enhancements take place post-summer, post-Labor Day, as companies try to capture efficiencies for the 2021 year. So in, in, in short, you could have an inward-looking period where companies look inward to capture some of the lessons learned during COVID in terms of operating efficiencies, working at home specifically. And, uh, you know, sort of work through those processes during the, the Q4 period. And I think that impacts smaller companies more from a sales standpoint. Because with, with smaller companies, if you're thinking about companies with sort of uh, 500 employees and less, CEOs quite involved in sales cycles, big customer relationships, larger deals. And if the CEO is spending more time in that Q4 with CFOs working through operational processes, internal processes to try to you know, drive operating leverage, how best can we work at home? Maybe we break some, some leases. Uh, how do we you know, uh, optimize our infrastructure, our broadband capability to allow people to, to, to work from home, this type of thing. That, that could chew up some bandwidth, CEO bandwidth in Q4 that otherwise would be spent on sales activity. So even once we get through sort of the, uh, the economic related impact of COVID, I think there's going to be some internal strategizing that could chew up sales activity insofar as the, the C-suite is concerned. So a, a, a choppy year in terms of the economy, a choppy year in terms of sales activity, bookings activity, operating activity for, for companies. And it's probably not going to be to the end of the year until we start to get some clarity as to what next year may look like. Labor Day at the earliest. So given all of that uncertainty, given all that turbulence, 
you know, the only way to go as, as far as my opinion is concerned is to double down on market leading companies with high quality management teams, durable business models, high recurring revenue, high operating cash flow margins, companies that are built to weather the storm. That's all for now. See you next time.